This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amra. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We have a jam-packed um, edition this week for everyone to listen into. And thank you so much for following us as well. Our, our following has grown substantially. We really appreciate the support, guys. In studio this week, I have Zangisa Mvumvu, Zimasa Matiwane, and award-winning journalist yeah. again and again. Yeah. So we have been great. We have been great. You must emphasize. I mean, it's not just any award. It's not just any award. This is a net The biggest honor. How does it feel? How does it feel, Q? Come on, tell us. How does it feel? Now I'm like blushing. Humble at that. This thing is in the league of the Pulitzer Award, my man. You think? Ah, no, net nakasa. Yes, yes. Don't play with. So as as promised, we have brought Exodus into the studio. Thanks, guys. And let's get straight into it. We're going to get straight into our first section. It's called The Good, The Bad, and The Newsworthy. Let's start off with the DA. Now, the party has gone through a, a lot of its own racial um, relation issues over the past couple of years, speci- specifically before elections. It suffered a bit of a crippling, a crippling blow there um, when, it comes to, when it came to its race relations. But now again, we see part, um, party members and senior party members fighting amongst themselves. This in the form of Pumzile Van Damme and Helen Ziller. Now, this is where it all started. Um, if I remember correctly, Pumzile Van Damme, DA's MP, um, was sort of accosted at um, the VNA waterfront in Cape Town in a bit of a racial incident where she ended up punching um, the guy who was the perpetrator, the alleged perpetrator of that incident. All fine and good. Pumzile took it up. Um, there was a massive debacle around it. And everything was going fine until Helen Ziller, who we all know has a bit of a mouth on Twitter for such things, tweeted, I wish the family would come forward and give us their perspective, but I suppose they are scared of potential consequences. It is hard in these circumstances to work out where the truth lies. Now, one would have expected that as a senior party leader, the first thing you would tweet is to give support to your fellow colleague, right? But that wasn't the case. Now, Pumzila Vandam came back. This time relentless in her in her response to Zilla, saying anyone with an iota of intelligence would watch Petz's video and laugh. You invalidate my experience. I was made to feel subhuman. I was threatened. In addition to that, I must be dragged through the mud. And you gladly join the mob with your one million followers. I don't <coughs> kneel to bullies. Now, interesting response from Pumzile here. Actually, one of the first black members of the DA's party to sort of speak out against Helen Zilla's racism. What do you guys make of this? Is it a, a sort of a, is it sort of a, an example of some of the race relations currently dividing the DA? Mm. Well, <clears throat> for me, I mean, uh, this, this of course is a, an isolated incident. You know, um, my, my view is that in South Africa, there's still a lot of uh, racial tensions uh, to this day, and uh, I don't think we are being honest in our discussion around those. As such, that's why you'll always have these uh, events whereby they, you know, go out into the open and people are fighting. I mean, within the DA itself, which 
mostly claims to be a party for all, yeah. you know, and, and you see that uh, Helen Zire deliberately decided to take that side to sort of rubbish the allegations of uh, Pomzile Fandam that she was a victim of a, a racial confrontation. So I, I think it's, it's just a general problem that we have as a country that we don't discuss these things, we sweep them under the carpets in the interest of reconciliation, the interest of, you know, so-called rainbow mm. nation, which as far as I'm concerned is an illusion because uh, you know, when you look at the you know uh, living experiences and 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 all other issues of economic ownership, who has jobs, who is unemployed, you will see that there is no such thing as mm. a nation. And we don't talk about these things honestly. Instead, we try to be nice to each other because I think we need to get to a point whereby we are honest to each other. Mm. We say this is what. Uh, you know, uh, those who are advantaged during the apartheid uh, are still advantaged to, to this day. What do we do to correct mm. these issues? And and that's what we are not doing. As long as we are not doing that, these mm. things are just going to escalate to a point that I think one day we will definitely have a, a, a physical confrontation, wide scale uh, to <laughs> that extent, because of being nice and soft <laughs> on these issues. Sumasa? Uh, you know, the, the whole thing about racism, my as as a black person, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm tired, and I'm not going to explain racism mm. to a white person. It's it's their duty to understand uh, what makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, or what I consider to be rate, racist, so that they don't do it. So in in terms of uh, you know us sitting together and and trying to figure things out, I feel like sometimes Helen, when she speaks. Of course, she's a white woman. She speaks mm. on, a po- on, on, on a on a position of privilege when mm. it comes to this. And she's never experienced racism, Helen. So she doesn't even know what it is, yeah. nor understands it. Mm. Hence, she speaks like this. But you see, what, what happens when you allow people like Helen to drive the narrative is that you end up uh, diluting the whole conversation of what exactly racism is, mm. and you end up exhausting yourself by explaining it mm. to them. So mm. I, as much as we need a kind of a social thing around this whole racism thing. Personally, I'm not willing to get into that with white people, never, ever, ever. They need to figure it out. Kornitha, let's let's go back into the DA's um, issue here, because if we look at it, the party has come under fire for this before, and it's not the first time that Helen Zell has made tweets of this nature. Um, and she's been warned about this by Musi Maimane once before. Um, but what does this say? I mean, we always criticize the ANC for factions speaking on factions mm. and various people f- speaking about other people. And now it's happening quite frequently within the DA. Mm. And this is based on racial lines. How do we interpret this for the DA? I think you can't accuse Helen Zilla uh, of not being consistent. She's always been consistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, very, and very and the reality is that I am sure there were hundreds of people who, uh, and I say white people, mm. but also maybe supporters of the DA, members of the DA, leaders of the DA, that probably invalidated in their minds the experience of Pumzile Van Dam, mm. yeah. particularly because, oh, she hit, she she punched the guy, and people want to know, no, we need to know exactly what happened. Mm. You can't, it's a matter of racism, it's a matter of how you feel. You mm. made me feel subhuman. Mm. You made me feel like I was just because I was black. Yeah. And you cannot go in a matter of, of trying to break this down scientifically. Mm. No, you made me feel as if I was subhuman. And oh, that well. should be enough to mm. believe Pumzila van Dam and yeah. say mm. that I was so angered about how I was treated that I was led to a violent 
the encounter. Mm. Now, Helen Ziller has consistently, consistently played this card where it's where she's she, almost, you know, it's it's like this sarcastic undertone mm. to to people's lived. Uh, 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 experiences. experiences of racism. The same way she questions, um, you know, r- reports about uh, about the fact that you know um, black people are, are are worse off than white people. Mm. You know, all of those kind of things. And the reality is, you you would think that in two thousand and nineteen we'd all be on the same, of, of course, yeah. uh, uh, you so know, great. on the same page to say there was a huge injustice that happened. We are not equal as a society. We won't be equal for a very long time. Therefore, we need to have these conversations and these actions. Mm. But I think Helen Ziller is consistently playing into a certain constituency of hers. I don't know if this is basically her paving out her future as a politician, (laughs) but she is consistently pushing her uh, or appeasing mm. to uh, 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 almost right-leaning uh, uh, constituency of the DA, mm. liberal constituent mm. constituency of the DA, um, and the reality of it is that this is what we see that's spilling over in the public. We shouldn't think about it as a twa. Mm. It undermines actually what's mm. happening. That yeah. you know these are two people that's just fighting it out on social media. This is a person who had experienced, a, had a lived experience of racism. She spoke out about it. She tried to do something to defend herself about it. And on the other hand, it's 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 you have. Um, you have a, 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 a former leader of the party, a white leader, mm-hmm. former leader of the DA, uh, trying to, to invalidate her experience. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this very quickly, Zangisa. Um, if we look at this whole scenario, everyone's asking, where is Musi Maimani in all yeah. of this? <laughs> you know, the man's been quiet and he always seems to be quiet when it comes to these things. Should he be taking more action against Helen Zeller, but does he have the power to take this much action? Because we've always seen the sort of power divide between the two of them and people always question who's really in charge of the DA here. Look, I mean, before I answer your question, yeah. I just wanted to add on a, on a point that Kwanita was saying. Uh, on 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 this whole thing of Helen Zire and a particular constituency that he she appeals to, it, it is exactly what I was saying earlier on that racism is well and alive in South Africa, and uh, the likes of Helen Zire know about it. They know he she knows when she speaks she speaks for set, uh, lots of people, probably millions, just that others are not brave yeah, enough like her so to speak true. out. Same thing goes for Mr. Steve Wolfmeyer, who's also employed. <laughs> Embroiled in his yeah. own uh, racial shenanigans mm-hmm. almost uh, time and again. In fact, he, 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 between him and Zire, there's no difference. Yeah. The same person, the other one is male, the other one is, uh, is female. They know what emboldens them yeah. is the fact that they know that they are not speaking. These are not just their personal views. These are the views of many people like them, just that others choose because we have this whole approach in South Africa that, yeah, you can't say certain things that you can you know, you must try to nurse each other's feelings. And they speak out because they know that they are supported. I mean, Steve Wolfmeyer has been like this all these years, but his music continues to thrive. He lives a nice life. His music gets bought because he's got supporters who believe in the views that he believes in. Anyway, coming back to Musi. Musi Shem Ish. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 
I don't care. No, I feel for him. I mean, because seriously, this guy, Helen Zira, political. I mean, on the political aspect of yeah. things, Helen Zira has always spoke again, not only on racial issues, mm. even on policy issues of, of the DA. Mm. He always speaks the opposite of what the party is about. And the person who's supposed to put him into line, for instance, let's make an example about the ANC, well, fictional as it is. Yeah. When Ezmacha should have spoke, for instance, on the Reserve Bank issue, yes. the president came out mm. and put, put it right. you yeah. know, it right, his uh, firm foot on the ground. Firm? I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's up for debate. But at least he did something to yes. show that he is the man in charge. Yes. Which Musi has failed to do time and again. And I, I believe this is what exactly emboldens Helen Zilla because it paints a picture that she is more powerful than Musi Maimane. I don't know whether Musi Maimane actually is the leader of the DA or mm. perhaps as uh, Stemism once wrote a book about him titled uh, Prophet or Puppet. Yeah. I, I don't know because mm. anything points to the fact that, uh, to the latter that he is actually a puppet. He's a person who's not in charge of the DA. And you know when we when we criticize people like um like Pumzi Lefandam, for example, I'll just I'll, I'll use that example. Musi Maimani to say, watch out, you are being put in these positions by white people because you are tolerable to them. They deny this thing. Yeah. They said they believed that they were that it was their merit and, and nothing else. And many many critics said that it was convenient for the DA to put these type to to effectively parachute these type of people into the national uh, political uh, sphere and now they in in retrospect they mm. they they can see what was the consequence of or, or what actually was at play when you have people like Helen Zilla saying uh, it was a bad decision to put black people there um and and and, and that's why you see people like Pumzila van Dam now deciding to reassert herself against people like Helen Zilla who who effectively believe in their minds that I made these people. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, you know, I always feel sorry for Mosi because uh, one, Helen is no longer a mayor. Two, Helen holds no position, mm. leadership position in the DA. He's some um, sort of a veteran somewhere, but it's just that people pay too much attention to what she says. Well, she says a lot of, of, of divisive nonsense. Mm. Obviously, we will get angry. But I, I don't like the fact that Helen's less racism and disrespect of black people is going to be put on Moses' shoulders all the time. I mean, he's he's also black like us. Like us. He gets tired. He's also <laughs> tired. So maybe we must all deal with Helen and live with Moses. <laughs> so so, so, is, so is, he, is Helen like Jacob's yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she is. Oh, let's take an she air break before we get <laughs> We're going to take a quick air break. Join us when we get back. We're going to be talking about the story of the week. And this time, it's going to be on the State of the Nation address and the current debate that's happening in Parliament as we speak. Join me, Paul Ash in a beautiful soundscape as we explore the world in the Sunday Times Travel Podcast. Find it at sundaytimes.co.za To advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast, email us at smiths at tesoblackstar.co.za That's smiths at tesoblackstar.co.za Welcome back, guys. Moving on, we've all read and seen and watched um, 
aspects about the president's State of the Nation address last week. We're not going to spend too much time on that because it's sort of all news now. Let's look at some of the big highlights from his State of the Nation address last week. Um, the president proposed a special appropriation bill, which is to be tabled to allocate a significant portion of the $230 billion that ESCOM needs to pay its debtors and keep the lights on. Um, the president also reaffirmed the constitutional mandate of the Reserve Bank to protect the value of our currency in the interest of its balance and sustainable growth. And that's obviously after that whole debacle um, with these and other members of the ANC around the mandate of the Reserve Bank. There was also a whole bunch of other things that caught some attention. Um, the president dreams of the first new city, smart city being built in a democratic area with skyscrapers, schools, universities, hospitals, and all the rest. So a lot of people criticize it for being a whole bunch of pipe dreams. Um, some people saying that it's good that the president has a vision for the future, even though it's somewhat unattainable. Um, Currently, um, in Parliament, um, opposition parties are debating the President's State of the Nation address. Um, I haven't seen it because I've been sitting at, at the State Capture Inquiry. What did um, I, I understand that Musi Maimani has spoken already, Julius Malema has spoken already. Have you guys watched any of it? Anything that caught your attention so far? Yeah. Well, I have, but first of all, let me, perhaps just my reflection on the yeah. president's speech itself. Go ahead. Just brief. Was it Judge well, as you say, I mean, in fact, I, I wish we had a clip from your comments on what you were expecting last week. I, I thought I was going to ask for it to be played because I think it was quite pointed on what mm. the president ought to have done, which he failed dismally. Yes. In terms of, you had said last week that you wanted to hear details, uh, not just, uh, you know, uh, broad plans yes. when it doesn't say when and how mm. and for we how wanted much. A plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, he failed dismally mm. there. For, for me, the president's speech was just another speech very weak in content mm. and detail but very uh, good in politicking yeah very good. <laughs> well i i don't know even in politicking mm. if it's good because i i mean i haven't seen a speech of a a, a, a sitting president being attacked like this one even yes. uh, you know the scandal prone uh, uh, former president mm. jacob zuma in terms of uh, not him the character but in terms yes. of his speeches it, yes. it has never happened that a speech mm. is attacked like this and i guess the dreaming part was the last straw that just gave everyone uh, that whole thing for me as well i'm on that i mean the president as Julius marima said doesn't have a larger to dream i mean we've of been course. dreaming uh, for far too long it's been <laughs> yeah. five years now even the new city that he's talking about he's not the first one to talk about this thing yeah, well, why don't we fix our old cities first before we start dreaming absolutely about <laughs> before you build bullet yeah. trains why don't you fix the current trains president was stuck for four hours <laughs> <laughs> in a in Soshanguve, in a train yeah when is he fixing that train well this is what Julius marima mm. said today so go Coming back to your question on today, mm. uh, Julius Marima was quite sharp and pointed in criticizing the president and telling him to actually wake up and smell the coffee and yeah. start implementing because that is his mandate. He has no time. I mean, there's been a lot of visions. The NDP, for instance, has been there. What happened to the NDP now? I mean, as Julius Marima correctly puts it, the NDP envisioned uh, 11 million jobs by 2030. Mm president comes and Promises visions what? 2 million, two million jobs, jobs in 10 years, which yes. is 2029, exactly. just a year mm. before what the NDB had envisaged, you know. On the other side, there's a bloodbath of jobs. How are you going to cap that? Well, the president didn't say anything mm. about retrenchments, and they are quite massive. They're happening now. As we had, for instance, multi-choice, 2,000 mm. plus jobs are going to be shared. So, really, I, I don't know, man, but it was not an inspiring speech. In fact, for me, now, personally, I think that uh, the old people are completely clear about how to take this country forward. Mm. I think their time is over. It's a time for new ideas and fresh ideas from fresh and young people. Old people, 
it's game over. Yeah, uh, that's why cool now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I agree with Zingisa. I mean, we've we've been made promises over the past twenty years or twenty five years, and I'm, I'm I hazard to say that we haven't really seen any progress on a lot of those promises, and. What we expected, what I expected in this past owner was a detailed plan, as, in, as, as we said last week, that says in the next five years, although I might not be able to change the whole country around, I'm looking at this aspect and this aspect and this aspect, and this is how I'm going to change things slowly, but eventually get to where we're going, even if it takes us in the next 30 years, for instance. So give us a plan and let us know how things are going. Kwanita, what did you were there? Hmm. Um, what did you make of the president's speech last week? I think it was incoherent. I think uh, it was it was a, it was a missed opportunity. But there was an interesting bit of the speech that stood out for me. Was Ramaphosa's concession is that we we can't announce we don't have money. Yeah. So how do you detail plans? Literally, how mm. do you detail plans when this country has no money? So you literally you want to you need you need to sort you need to to sort out the energy sector we have energy stability da da da, da but you have this escom drama mm. that's going on you want to uns- you want to uh, unbundle escom but you're dealing with unions you need to create uh, um uh, jobs but there's a bloodbath in retrenchments mm. you need to you understand yeah. so so at some point it almost felt like um it was it was him kind of accepting defeat of sorts yeah. to say uh, you know what all I can continue doing is just dreaming because yeah. really it's 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 yeah. too dis. Well, where do I start? Almost it was like how how I don't think there was a plan presented because there is no plan. But this is a scary thought. It really is a scary thought. As you're going on, I was just reading a few quotes from him just now, and it almost seemed, as you said, that he's like, I wish this could happen, but this is what's standing in the way, and I don't really know how to deal with this. Hmm. But if I could have it the way I wanted, this is what I could do for hmm. you in the future. But it's I a scary thought that we yeah. don't almost have a plan going forward. I think the best that can happen in the next five years is just a cleanup of what happened in the last five years. But then we don't get anywhere. So you don't you don't <laughs> move forward, but you kind of you kind of just get back to where you initially yeah. were as a country in restoring institutions. I think that's the best case scenario. The best case scenario. And then you ask for second term. That's good grounds for. Second term. <laughs> <laughs> that's how people ask for second terms. No, no, but 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 seriously, if you if you just think about. Um, let's let's take the issue of uh, you know corruption in public works. Corruption in public works probably is is what led to Nkandla, right? And it's something that has persisted and persisted and persisted, right? So you put Patricia a little there. So she's going to cost save for you. She's not going to allow some corruption. She, she, Patricia Dillil is probably the right person. But you're not going to have any serious change or reform mm. in any way. What you're going to do is just have someone who's going to keep it afloat a little bit. If you look the same, um, uh, you know, with, uh, for example, um, you know, the story in the Sunday Times this week about uh, Ramaphosa's intention to appoint Jeff Khadebe and Derek Hanakom as advisors, mm. uh, not as, as advisors, as special envoys. And the reality is, all of that drama about how you're going to reduce cabinet and do away with old people and fresh young blood mm. and you're doing what Zuma did. Zuma did the same thing. Mm. He made all former ministers advisors and he sent them as ambassadors. That's what Zuma did. So the reality of it is this speech for me was important mm. because it 
gave us a, a, a real indication of how much how much trouble Ramaphosa is as a president and how much he's in the stalemate of not of not of not being able to move mm. on what he really wants to do because of the pre-existing conditions. So I'm guessing what, what you're saying is that the country was brought to its knees over the past 10 years and we've sort of got to stand up before we can start to no, jump again. No, no, I'm again. not saying it's a good thing. I'm yeah. not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that's my assessment. Mm. I'm not saying that you should you should first clean up before you move yeah. forward. If you had, like you said, Zingisa, if you have innovative ideas, you can come up with plans to say, this is what we're going to do here. This is what we're going to do here. This is, even with the restrictions that are in yeah. place. Well, talking about innovative ideas, I'm going to get to you now, but let's talk about this. Musi Maimani spoke in Parliament today, and I thought he had some good points to make. Um, let's look at some of the things he said. He said, today we have floods in KZN and droughts in the Western Cape. This is the future that we must plan for. And before we build smart cities, we should be building sustainable cities. Elsewhere in the world, countries are using smart technology to keep their people healthy and safe. Solutions like smartphone screening to detect cervical cancer and so on. Um, this should be part of our plan too. This is what Musi Maimani is saying. He says, I hear everyone speaking about the fourth industrial revolution these days, but I'm not sure they know what it is. Giving our children tablets at schools is not the fourth industrial revolution, but preparing them for jobs that don't exist yet is. And that's a good point, Masa. Mm. While, while we are on our knees and uh, the administration is trying to figure out how to get out of the mess, we need mm. to urgently address the issue of unemployment. Of course. You know, for an example is multi-choice. Well, multi-choice, there's a lot of greed there that led to a lot of people unsubscribing and, mm. and whatever and whatever. But you also have to look at uh, streaming services that we have opted for. Mm. Is our government taxing them? Mm. You know, I, is, is our government taxing Uber? <laughs> Uber <laughs> is not from here. Is our government getting money from Taxify and taxing mm. them? Netflix. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to mention them because they are my face. <laughs> but but I mean, while while we are losing money in uh, industries that are dying mm. because of the fourth industrial revolution, we aren't making money. Are we making money yeah. in the industries that are popping up? Mm. You know, so mm. That's we. A good point. But the reality of the situation is that if you ask, if you seriously ask, cabinet ministers, what is their thoughts and ideas of the fourth industrial revolution? They, they really can't give you a concrete answer. And the reality mm -hmm. of it is, it's not that insane of robots running in our streets. Mm -hmm. It's just that that when you go to a public hospital, you, you're, you're not carrying a thick paper file that's being lost yes. tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Or when you, when you file uh, um, an affidavit with the police, you, you don't have to now, you know, someone can't just steal it from, from the records. It's, it's, it's but, but what's preventing our country from doing the most basic things as, as uh, putting digitization? Yeah. Hey, Why? Comrades, this yeah. thing starts with the ANC. Do you know, <laughs> <laughs> like to be an ANC member today, yeah. you have to file a file form, go to a bank, attach a slip. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the government party that is in charge, they still don't have a digitalized membership system. They don't and have a website after a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you expect? No, yeah. but it's serious. It can sound like a joke, but what do you expect from that kind of I people? Mean, you, 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 you're saving paper and you're saving a whole lot of, of, of nonsense of things getting lost and, and, and missing and you but know, also, being stolen. But also, you appoint, you appoint Ibrahim Patel as now this minister that's going to take this country forward in economic development and oh trade my. and industry. The man had been, had <laughs> been there. And the reality of it is, 
you have you know when I I observe a particular minister played in Zimande and his and his apparent distaste and uh, for for any fresh ideas that's not his own. Yeah. <laughs> well, but because he's a dictator within the you're, you're yeah. I mean, he's been there that guy for twenty years. So it's so if so if you're going to have someone who has this grand idea to say, okay, let's streamline something in mm. NASFAS to ensure A, B and C. You're gonna have a minister immediately rejected. You're gonna have lawmakers thinking about the future Long after something has come, for example, we've not, we've never envisioned e-hailing re- legislation in South Africa. Yeah. We yeah. Uber had to come, Taxify had to come, whatever, for then for lawmakers to realize, oh, we need to make a law. And then when they do make laws, it's laws that are prohibitive instead of um, laws that are, are complementary yeah. and 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 collaborative in the sense that you help this industry while you instead of instead of 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 banning it it's it's a, it's a whole argument that's also made with you know with like the taxi industry and whatever it's because our lawmakers don't know this future they don't know these things therefore you just have no 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 we must run away from it you understand that is the nature of the politics and i hope that we can start having this discussions that are more that are not like oh fourth industrial revolution no 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 let's talk about <laughs> why are courts not digitalized let's start there mm. okay we're going to take another quick ad break and when we get back we're going to talk yeah. we're going to get into our last section um what to expect when you're unsuspecting join us when we get back we're going to be talking about what we're sort of expecting from ramaphosa's sonar response on thursday is it thursday yeah and we're also going to be talking about another news development jacob zuma it appears is coming to the state capture inquiry catch us when we're back <laughs> Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sebenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sebenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sebenza Live. Sebenza boy. Sebenza girl. Sebenza. Sebenza. To advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Hey, welcome back. So, let's get back into it. The former president will attend the state capture inquiry on the 15th to the 19th of July. When he gets it, though, we hope that he actually says something that's of substance. Because on Tuesday, his lawyers told us that they've um, accepted the letters from the commission, constantly calling them um, to make provision for Zuma to come and attend. And after a whole bunch of criticism of the commission, um, the president's lawyers have has eventually um, given a sort of inclination that he will come to attend at the inquiry between the 15th and the 19th of July. It's going to be massive, guys, because from attending the commission, Zuma's name has popped up almost everywhere. Um, in Agrizi's testimony, Angelo Agrizi from Basasa, um, the president was apparently paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of rands per month through his foundation from Basasa. Um, mm. There was allegations from ANN7 that Zuma had sort of run ANN7 <laughs> on the sideline from director. creative director <laughs> of ANN7 and a whole bunch of other things when it comes when it came down to appointments, influence over SOEs. So the president, the former president, has a lot to answer for. 
But we all know how the former president is. Um, he's been asking for his day in court for the past, what, 20 years almost. <laughs> and he's never got it because he never wanted to have it, really. <laughs> now that he's been sort of forced, the commission really did push him into a corner because he his argument was that he wanted the questions beforehand, and that's never been done in the commission before. He wanted the special treatment where he says, well, give me the questions and I'll come and give you the answers. But actually, he's got so much to answer for and how it works um, is that the commission will give you a 3.3 notice and it tells you, you have been implicated in this person's te- um, testimony. This is what they said about you. Mm. What would you like to say in response? That's basically like asking a question. It's what is your response to this allegation? That is your question. So they've been telling you this from the inception, from the first testimony when you were implicated. Now, all of a sudden, you say, oh, I want a list list of 10 questions that I can respond to, for example. It's rubbish. But anyway, we're expecting to see him him at the state capture inquiry. What do you guys think? Do you think we'll actually get some substance or some response to those allegations that are set against him? You won't. I don't think so. No, we (laughs) won't. We won't. I mean, mean, even if you you read his letter now uh, succumbing to this... It was uh, scathing of the commission. He basically said that I don't believe in your process. He does. He (laughs) actually rubbishes the the credibility of the commission. commission. I mean, there's a line here where he says, or the lawyers, of course, his lawyers writing to, we hereby advise that our client has decided to grant the commission its wishes, but listen to this, or wishes of those who advise... That's exactly... Yes, that's exactly what I was like. He is is already painting a picture to say that this is not genuine. I'm not mm-hmm. being called here genuine. I'm called here because uh, somewhere my enemies have yes. instructed the commission to call me. He goes on to say, yeah, you guys don't want to email, uh, send me questions because you want to ambush me and humiliate me. So he's yes. playing the typical victim card uh, of Jacob Zuma as we know. But him. this is a strategy what? of his, isn't it? Because we've seen this even emerge within the EFF, where if they're expecting something, some negative reporting about them, then they'll preempt it. <laughs> and they'll say, no, this white monopoly capital <laughs> inst- media institution here is being paid to Even do this. The and judiciary. Yeah, yeah. 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 judiciary. Yeah. Now it's the same with Zuma. It's, a, it's an old tactic to say that, well, actually this thing is captured, but I'm going to go you here know, and yeah. fight you against know, you know, you know, initially yeah. when, when we started to get to know this, this Jacob Zuma who plays the victim card, mm. I thought that maybe it's because the man wanted to be president. So the man was president and everything happened, but now he's no longer president. He has nothing to lose. What 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 else is he going to get by hiding and, and, and playing victim and, and just playing games with us? We're tired, man. <laughs> but you see, the, the thing is, right, it's extremely consistent with his approach to whether it's responding to civil cases against him, mm. criminal cases against him, public protectors finding against him. It's what you do is you're this big victim that's uh, that is now you know fighting for your survival mm. and the whole world is unfair to you and the reality of it is <laughs> if you you know i think we should find that clip where zuma outside of court said was it outside of court or said in an interview that that not one person at the state capture inquiry implicated him and mm. i was mm. like Mm. And what I'm you, like, what have you been you've, been, you've been shouting off the rooftops of what did what what did Zuma do wrong? Yeah. You know the yeah, famous yeah. line. Uh, yeah. 
But like now they want to tell you. When said it now we tell you. Zondo is ready to tell you. And and and, and I mean besides I, I don't understand why uh, former president Zuma is behaving in this manner because first of all the commission is not a court of law. Mm. It's not like he's going to be arrested by coming here. <laughs> but, and as he has consistently mm. claimed that he hasn't done anything wrong uh, well and as he claimed that he was not being implicated. So if you are not implicated why don't you come here and say well this thing that was said by this person is just hearsay these are the facts this thing that is said yeah. by this this is lies and rubbish these are the facts simple you get out of it and then you get to the end if really people were making up lies about you as he would like us to believe at the end of the commission when it makes the recommendations you're not going to be implicated and mm. then you can shout but you see, on top of uh, roofs the thing is it's under oath you can say everything in the media you can say all of these things outside of your court appearance mm. but now mm. this is under no, oath yeah. no but that's what i'm saying if he yeah. really believes yeah. that he he is being uh, i'm sure you, nah, you surely cannot you surely cannot <laughs> <laughs> but answering Zamasa's question she asked what does the president have to lose and we've all sort of interacted with the president at least once or twice in our careers and for me i think he has to lose is his legacy he's a very proud man and he wanted to leave something behind that showed that I took control of this country mm-hmm. and I saved it. No, you no, know? no, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing with with, what, with the former think? president. It's either you know his shenanigans or you are a fan of him. You are. Yeah. You'll never be in the middle with him. So you have the RET forces that believe mm. that Zuma is innocent. Zuma has done no wrong ever, ever, and uh, he's this savior of black people. And you have everyone else who says, okay, this is what he's done. These are the facts. So his legacy, it's it's already divided. Mm. There is no more dividing it. He's not going to get anyone in the middle who's going to say, oh, maybe he's a good man. Oh, maybe he's not a good man. So he might as well just, the people who've stuck with him will continue to stick with Mm. him, whether or not if he admits it. This is about jail. This is about jail. Literally, this is about Ah, jail. But he's old. Now he's not going to go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not about going to jail. It's about fighting to stay out of jail until you die. Mm. And selling socks and hats. Let's move on very quickly to another aspect. Um, so President Soromaphosa is going to be back in Parliament on Thursday and he's going to be giving his responses um, to the SONA debate, which is currently happening now. Very quickly, um, just across the table, what do you guys, how do you guys think that the president's going to deal with the criticism from his his address? Are we going to see more of the Ramaphosa sort of... Um, um, his showboating, or are we going to see a bit more of a humble approach from the president? Maybe quickly on table. I'm what expecting do you guys think? to see a Ramaphosa who looks like he just wants to go and chill with his uncle, drink <laughs> his wine, and you know count, yeah. count his money. And because honestly, I I'd, I think he's just really confused. He doesn't know what to do, and it's very difficult for him. So, and South Africa, it's a country; it's not a business. So, we all expect, you know, these miracles from him because you know this is how well he did in business. And a shame, the poor guy. Yeah, Thank you, sir. shame. Hey, Chief Bina, I seriously, I don't know what to expect from this fellow anymore. Ah, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, probably I agree with Zimasa. I, I think he's just clueless in the bigger scheme of things about how to take the country forward. He wanted this thing. He got it. He realized when he's already in. Actually, I, I believe he, he, he probably at some times when he's sitting alone and asking himself questions, what did I get myself into this mess? It's not as easy as it looks from the outside. I mean, he's wanted this position since uh, the early years of our democracy. Now he's got it. 
he's stuck with AIDS infections that are yeah. pushing him all <laughs> over the show and literally mm. poor soul can't do anything about it. I think, well, he's got an opportunity to salvage himself mm. and perhaps mm. explain his dreams. But I, I just hope <laughs> it doesn't mean any I mean, I, uh, a quote of uh, Julius Malema in his uh, uh, contribution to the debate really stood out for me where he said uh, he, he doesn't, like the country doesn't see what Nelson Mandela mm. saw in, 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 in Sir Ramaphosa. Yeah. Um, and I think that this debate is not really a debate because mm. it's, it's, the sonar was, was not substantial enough to warrant, uh, you know, the opposition making serious responses. Perhaps it was part of a an effort uh, to just, to, you know, to 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 muddy the waters or or, or just keep things calm. Um, uh, but I do think that Ramaphosa will try to save his face mm. um, and be a lot more specific and more assertive in his response uh, to to the debate. You remember earlier this year, the debate was characterized by um, what was his uh, terror recorder saying he was a spy yes. and that mm. was all of those kind of shenanigans that was happening. Obviously that's the nature of political debate but I do think that Ramaphosa will have to look beyond all of the sloganeering and um, all of this sort of politicking. Elections are over, mm. really. Elections exactly. are over. In fact, when I looked at his speech, Zingiza, I thought, this is a really good speech before elections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a good pre-election speech. Like, you know, like, elect me and therefore I'll yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. And then, but the thing is, you have yeah. electoral power. And then the other thing is, what you also have to uh, not forget is that this debate also comes uh, with the shadow of Pusisi Wem Kabane, mm. and the and the and the president has to respond to her by Friday. Of um, and 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 Julius Malema also said something interesting where he said that um, we don't want to remove you, but don't be a constitutional delinquent. Mm. He says the ANC is in a mess. You, we can't d- remove you. You were d- democratically elected. It kind of says what the opposition is thinking mm. when it comes to this matter. But really, I think that Ramaphosa is facing his first real test as a mm. president um, or, or, or for serious tra- uh, uh, um, you know uh, issue as a president and it's basically uh, how he responds to it is going to show his character alright that's all we have time for this week <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us remember if you like the podcast please interact with us on twitter at hashtag ST Politics Weekly um, and please share the, polit- the, the podcast far and, far and wide if you've enjoyed it tell your friends about it we appreciate all the support we can get and remember if you want to advertise um, on the podcast you can contact uh, Scott Smith on smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za if you want to find our podcast as well you can go onto our Times Live website under the Opinions and Analysis page or on Iono FM we'll share all those links on Twitter with you guys um, to my comrades, thank you guys so much for joining us this week, and we'll catch you all again next week, uh, same time, same place. Bye.